This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. The loveliness of Paris seems somehow sadly gay. The glory that was Rome is of another day. I've been terribly alone. And forgotten in Manhattan, I'm going home to my city by the bay. I left my heart in San Francisco. High on a hill It calls to me To be where little cable cars We play this in honor of the passing of the Astoria kid Tony Bennett at the age of 96 He'd suffered from uh, Alzheimer's and dementia in his final years. In fact, my wife, uh, one time, Nancy, uh, said, and on the app, we live right near Central Park on the Upper West Side. Wow, there's a sighting of Tony Bennett in the park in a wheelchair with an attendant and aide. She went running into the park looking for him. She didn't find him. But uh, even though... You're talking about quite a generational difference between Tony Bennett and my wife, Nancy. She loved the music of Tony Bennett. And this particular song, out of the many, many songs that he created and sang, reminded me of the time that I actually first met Tony Bennett. It was not in New York City. It was not in Astoria, Queens. It was in San Francisco. I was uh, just organizing the guardian angels there. We went from Fisherman's Wharf through Chinatown and then up to Russian Hill. Russian Hill is a pretty exclusive area, high-end hotels, high-end homes that people have spent millions on. And I remember he was coming out of one of the hotels, and he walked by me, and he said, Hey, Curtis. I said, Yeah, Tone. Naturally, most of the members of the San Francisco Guardian Angels knew who Tony Bennett was. He goes, uh, you know, mind, there's something that happened that you never got explained to me. I understand that you were on the radio at WABC in the mornings and you were bad-mouthing me. 
And I think I knew exactly what he meant, Lou. Because when the Yankees had beaten the Atlanta Braves against all odds after being down two games to nothing, having gotten wiped out of Yankee Stadium and then went down to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium and took out the Braves to win the World Series, World Series after years of being down with baseman Bertha, there was the parade through the canyon of heroes. There was the gathering at City Hall. Rudy was the mayor. Uh, I was there in Radio Row because I was doing the post-game show right after John Sterling, WABC, was on uh, was on the Yankee watch then. We had the Yankees. And uh, I was uh, giving commentary that Tony Bennett was known as not being uh, all that pro-American. He's a very liberal, very progressive idea. It's all true. And that instead of singing the national anthem, which was on the program card, he decided to sing America the Beautiful because he disagreed with some of the words. So Louis now confronting me in a nice way in front of all these guardian angels who are wondering, what the hell? What? Curtis pisses everybody off. He's pissed Tony Bennett off. And Tony looks me in the eye, short guy, looks me in the eye and he says, you know why I didn't sing the national anthem? I said, tell me. The notes are too high. My voice will start cracking. It's easier to sing America the Beautiful. I chose to change it. Had nothing to do with my politics. Oh, man, I couldn't have been more humiliated. I felt, I felt like a real schmuck of putz, a pisher, a schmendrick. Oh, what could I say? And then Tony Bennett walked away in a huff and a puff. My only experience in meeting Tony Bennett, but then years later, after they did the reconstruction on one of the most magnificent theaters in all five boroughs of New York City, right down the North Shore, you get off of the Staten Island Ferry. You turn right. uh, You go right to Ferry Hawk Stadium, owned by our own John Katsimatidis. But if you go past Borough Hall on the left, you go up the hill. Uh, past Vito Fasella's office, you see the magnificent St. George Theater that had been uh, built in 1929, seats 3,000. It was closed for many years. Then it was reopened 2004, and it was magnificent. And one of the headliners early on was Tony Bennett, and I was invited to be there. And he put on a magnificent performance. I mean, he sung all of his classic songs. And I was to learn later, after spending a lot of time in Astoria, where I am now, fighting for the election of Kelly Klingman against Tiffany Caban, that mini-me of AOC, all-out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Although, I got to tell you, having studied Tony Bennett, his politics were closer to AOC, all-out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, than to mine. But his father was from Calabria, which meant he had a hard head. And his father had left Italy at the age of 11, came to America, met his mother, who was um, actually cousins. A lot of people don't realize that Italians would marry their cousins back then. That was very common. I think her name was Anna. She was born here. And their, their marriage was an arranged one. I think her last name was Benedetto. So they end up in Long Island City. I think he was like their third child, second son. And uh, Tony Bennett always said he was inspired by his father, who was a grocer. 
who had some tough times with his health, tough times economically in running his grocery store. But his father had inspired Tony Bennett to love music and to love art. And his father, imagine, died when Tony Bennett was only 10. So he had to go out there. He had to earn shekels for the welfare of his family. He sang. He drew. He painted. He ended up singing side-by-side with Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia at the opening of the Triborough Bridge. I will never call it the Robert F. Kennedy Bridge, the Triborough Bridge in 1936. Just a young whippersnapper. He went to the High School for the Industrial Arts, now called the High School of Arts and Design, and did not graduate. He dropped out and found work as a copy boy for the Associated Press. He worked in a laundry room and as an elevator operator where his boss, Lou, was Mr. Otis. You know, you go into any elevator, what do you see? Otis, Otis, Otis. And he said, I couldn't figure out how to get the elevator to stop at the right place. People ended up having to crawl out between floors. I realized my life was not going to be as an elevator operator for Mr. Otis. So he went out and he got work as a singing waiter. Frank Sinatra was a singing waiter. So many of the greats of that time, when they were working their way up and they had to earn money because their families weren't independently wealthy, were singing waiters. And he was discovered, and then he went on to have a magnificent career, which just spanned the decades. And I know a lot of people remember him for, for his duet with Lady Gaga. I liked Lady Gaga when she was by herself, when she first hit the big scene and had really good music. I did not like her with Tony Bennett. Sorry. It's, uh, it's okay. I prefer Tony Bennett as Tony Bennett. But out of all the songs that he sang, isn't it ironic? And he sang so many songs that were indigent, uh, not indigent, excuse me, but so local in terms of his life growing up in Long Island City and Astoria and Queens, his time that he spent in New York, that the one song he would be most remembered for is that he left his heart in San Francisco. And remember who recently was the the great singer who has sold the third most records of any American artist historically. Where was he from? And yet where is he most remembered? Right here in New York, Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis was born and raised in San Francisco, and yet he's better remembered for all of his performances in New York. Tony Bennett was born and raised in Long Island City, Astoria, Queens. And yet, if there is one song he is most remembered for, it is the song of how he left his heart in San Francisco. The loveliness wow. What a giant. Unfortunately, with Alzheimer's and dementia and the waning years of his life, I might add a proud liberal and progressive. He was opposed to war. In fact, he wanted to legalize all drugs. He was universally condemned uh, at that point when he said, you know, I really think with the loss of so many great artists, uh, what was that, Amy Winehouse at that time, so many others uh, who were either on the needle or OD'd, he came out and he said, 
You know, I think we should be legalizing all drugs. All drugs. Didn't matter what they are. Oh, and he was reviled for that. Totally reviled for that. And yet, he took a beating at times for his ideology and his beliefs as a strong liberal and progressive. But he never surrendered. He never retreated. He was a man's man. A man of honor. And boy... What a set of pipes. Climb halfway to the stars. The morning fog may the end. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. Now they blew up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, they're getting ready for a fight. Wanna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state and the DA can't get no relief gonna be a rumble out on the promenade and the gambling commission's hanging on by the skin of its teeth well now everything dies baby that's a fact maybe everything that dies someday comes back put your makeup on fix your hair Well, you know, it's rare for me to play Bruce Springsteen with uh, Schmata Boy, Stevie Van Zandt, and the East Street Band. I really hate it. But I had to somehow conflate uh, a song about Atlantic City into this. And why Atlantic City? I'll tell you why, ladies and gentlemen, because for many, many years, well after I had been involved in the search for information about the four prostitutes who were left dead. And I'll get into the nitty-gritty details of where and the specifics and specificity. But it was right there on the way to Atlantic City. And I said, you know, this seemed very similar to uh, 
uh, almost everything involved in the serial killings that we know of in Gilgo Beach, and they shut me down. I was saying this on WABC at that time. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're lying. You're making that up. Um, just yesterday, our Cracker Jack news team decided to give me the Cracker Jack prize out of their box when they do the news at the direction of our news director, Noam Layden, and our news guy, James Flippin. They gave me credit for having talked about this many, many years ago and most recently here on WABC. It's been just under a week since the alleged Gilgo Beach serial killer was arrested, and now we're hearing the investigation has headed down to Atlantic City, New Jersey. This is something we first heard rumblings about here in the newsroom from our own Curtis Sliwa, as he investigated a series of murders of sex workers who were strangled and their bodies stashed near a motel in Atlantic City back around 2006 or 2007. And the murders on Gilgo Beach that suspect Rex Hewerman has been charged with occurred around the same time. Investigators are now looking for evidence at Massapequa Park, at a storage unit in Amityville, at a timeshare in Las Vegas, and down in A.C., as well as in South Carolina, where the 59-year-old Hewerman's old pickup truck was seized earlier this week. And yesterday, the suspect's wife of several decades filed for divorce. Yeah, she was like Sergeant Schultz. She knew nothing. I saw nothing. I know nothing. Yeah, yeah, the woman, yeah, trust me, the wife knew. 300 guns in the basement of their Munster-style uh, home, 1313 Mockingbird Place, in the middle of an upper-middle-class series of homes where if you had one shingle off your house, if you had one side of aluminum siding off your house, they go to the local uh, town meeting and just want to burn you at the stake for lowering their property values, and apparently no complaints. This guy was an untouchable uh, architect, Rex. Now we hear the latest today that he may have actually killed all four of the prostitute victims that he laid out in burlap bags in Gilgo Beach. He may have actually killed them in the basement of that garish home that he had and then transported the bodies out to Gilgo Beach. And the wife didn't know anything. Right, right? You buy that, don't you, uh, Justin? The wife didn't know nothing. She's like Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. Nassau County uh, police, they knew nothing. Right? The officials there, they knew nothing. All they do is cast dispersions against Curtis Lewa. It's not even me who's reporting all of this. I'm just the messenger of what is the message. You don't like the fact that I give commentary and editorialize? Tough noogies. Can you imagine if he actually killed those four young ladies who all of whom had families, all of whom were loved, were dumped in burlap bags along Gilgo Beach? Can you imagine if he had done that in the basement of his home there in Massapequa Park? Now we're hearing the neighbors who are saying, oh, yeah, he'd be constantly in the backyard. He'd be burning items. He'd be cutting up items. Gee, were there any reports about this filed with the county or the police? How the hell did he get 300 guns? Legally. He had permits. And yet I'm the bad guy. But anyway, let's continue on with the story because I told you a week ago, right there with Sid Rosenberg in the morning, that I had been ranting about the connection 
With the killing of the prostitutes in Atlantic City back in 2006, that there were similar scenarios involving this monster, architect Rex, Rex, who's been arrested for three, but it might as well be four of the killings. And there's so many more unsolved killings out there. So for any of you that just want to pin this all on this one architect, Rex, forget about it. Don't don't just think you're going to pin everything on him and then close the books. There is no doubt other killers out there who have been able to avoid the, the long arm of the law. But let's get here to Atlantic City. So it's 2006. We're patrolling Atlantic City, the Guardian Angels, and I get a call from somebody now living in Jersey who originally I knew from, you got it, Lou, Canarsie. One of the victims was Kimberly Raffo. Kimberly Raffo, in fact, was the first victim, apparently according to the autopsy, who was killed, who was laid in that ditch with the three others. She was a former waitress from Canarsie, Brooklyn. She left her husband and her children for a life of drugs and prostitution in Atlantic City. Many of you have visited Atlantic City. You've seen these women selling their bodies out in the streets that lead to the casinos. My God, they're, they're like half in the grave. Crackheads, meth heads, strung out on heroin, diseased. They're on the last leg. Nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about them. Kim Raffo was last seen alive on the day before the bodies were discovered. She had been strangled to death with a rope or a cord. And she was just one of three others. It was Molly Diltz, who is from uh, Blacklick, Pennsylvania, herself. Serious uh, drug problem. From Delaware, Tracy Ann Roberts, who wanted her mother to pick her up the day before. Her mother sped down to Atlantic City to pick her up, and she was no, she was no, nowhere around in her normal haunts. And then there was Barbara Breedor. This one is really difficult to understand. She came from a wealthy family uh, near the Jersey Shore. She worked at the Tropicana, developed a serious uh, drug uh, issue, as all of them had, mostly with crack. And she was the fourth victim. All of these women were put in the ditch, face down, with their shoes and their socks taken, and all of them aimed in the direction where the moon would be seen at night. And this was right in the back of the Golden Key Hotel. I mean, it was a slimy dive, 15 bucks a room. It was a like 100 feet from the drainage ditch where the four young ladies uh, were placed after they were strangled to death, right along the Black uh, Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township, a miserable location. I remember we kicked in a few doors at that no-tell motel, and the guys inside were like the worst. Uh, At that point, I figured, maybe it was one of these guys. I mean, these guys were really bad, really bad degenerates. But that case was never solved, even though they had a few suspects. By the way, can I say, Lou, or, or am I going to have people marching in here accusing me of being anti-cop? Is it all right for me to say, uh, Justin, that the police of Atlantic City are corrupt and the politicians are corrupt? How many mayors have gone to jail there in Atlantic City? I make my case. 
So if I indicate that they're corrupt down there, there's a history of corruption there. So I don't want anybody marching in here in defense of the Atlantic City police and the elected officials in Atlantic City. One of the most corrupt places in the world. But I said then, there's a connection here. And I remember I was invited out to a conservative dinner in Suffolk County. I was being honored, believe it or not, even though I told uh, Edward Walsh, who was the conservative party chairman in Suffolk County, that I'm not, I'm not a conservative. I'm not pro-life. I wasn't Second Amendment. I believe in gun control. Uh, obviously, uh, pro, uh, pro-choice. He said, no, no, it's not for politics. It's for all your workers, guardian angel. I said, okay. I remember going out there and talking to a lot of the members of the conservative party and their friends who were at their dinner. And I was asking questions because many of them worked in the sheriff's department and corrections in the Suffolk County lockup. And I said, guys, you know, there's a correlation here. And I remember they told me, no, no, there's there's no connection whatsoever, Curtis. You're you're out on a limb. That's New Jersey. And this is Suffolk County. Totally different cases. I said, I'm telling you, there are similarities here. Uh, Lou Edward Walsh, the conservative party chairman who worked in the locker, by the way, he never went to work. He got paid for never working in the uh, Suffolk County jail. He said, Curtis, there's no connection. Do you know what happened to Ed Walsh soon after Lou? He went to jail. Like almost everybody out in Suffolk County. One of the most corrupt places in existence. And I don't want to hear, oh no, it's a, Corruption after corruption. You had the police commissioner who was corrupt. You had the police chief who went to jail. You had the DA Spoder who went to jail. You had his integrity chief and ADA McPartland. He went to jail. And then you had Edward Walsh, who was the conservative party chairman who went to jail. I, I mean, we could, we could actually have less to count, Lou, if we start counting all the people who didn't go to jail. So there definitely is a connection. And I believe when all is said and done, when they continue to clear out the basement of this monster architect Rex, who might well have killed all four of the victims found in Gilgo Beach and Burlap Bags, in his basement, in Massapequa Park, in his basement. Is the National County Police Department going to take umbrage to that? I'm not saying it. It's being reported all over the news. That means members of your department are leaking it out. I'm the messenger here. You don't like the sound of the message. Don't try to kill or be smirch or tread all over the messenger me. But I will tell you, I'm continuing to dig. I've uh, gotten on board here, uh, Justin. Although he didn't send me the audio, did he? Uh, I've uh, brought on board here because he spends half his life in Atlantic City, Frank Morano, right? Who shoots craps at the Borgata. And, you know, he's like constantly uh, Atlantic City. I've uh, deputized him to assist me in going back and putting all the pieces together. And now all of a sudden, I can't reach him, right? Justin, you try to reach him, he's, he's not. They don't want to have anything to do with Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> the over-under point spread is that by the time I finish unearthing all the dirt involved in this, all of the actual cover-up involved in these killings. There's going to be a line of people wanting to kill me. 
But as I've told all of them, and I know some of you are listening right now, imagine you're at the bakery. It's a Sunday. You're, you're lining up for your Napoleons, your, your, your Struyadel, your cannolis, and you have to take a ticket. Just get online because I'm not going to stop. This is the Riffin Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. God, I hate Springsteen. Back to back, belly to belly with Schmata Boy, Stevie Van Zandt, the E Street Band. Why? Well, we talked Atlantic City and the murders. I was right about that many, many years ago. And I was right, like most of you, about the disaster that congestion pricing will be to New York City and to those coming here. So imagine we're in the grips of a crime crisis in which if you come into Manhattan, there's a chance you're going to get robbed in the streets, robbed in the subway. And now you're going to get robbed by these mechanical bandits, these cashless tolling systems that are being installed as we speak. They call it congestion pricing, but it's really highway robbery. The plan is to toll drivers who travel south of 60th Street. And it's expected to go into full effect next spring. And the exodus from New York will continue. Earlier today, in a taped interview with our own owner-operator and great talk show host in its own right, John Katsimatidis, he had on Governor Murphy, who said that if, Hochul, you force this upon the residents coming in from New Jersey, you're going to force me to take you, Hochul, and New York State to court. This brings me no joy. Because we have a very good relationship with the Biden administration, with Governor Hochul and her administration, both generally and personally. But the fact of the matter is that this congestion pricing scheme uh, is going to have enormous financial impact on New Jersey commuters and enormous environmental and negative environmental impact on many communities in our state. Now, you know, I hate Murphy. He's half in the bag. He's always sloshed. But in this one, uh, Lou, I would file a friend of the court brief on behalf of uh, Governor Murphy and the residents of New Jersey who will be the victims of a highway robbery at the hands of uh, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb and Mayor Eric Adams uh, as they enter New York City and go south of 60th Street. So I will file on behalf of New Jersey residents and Governor Murphy, half in the bag, as he always says, a friend of the court brief, saying they're right, and my state of New York is wrong. Now, what is um, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, not our mayor, doing during all this mishigash? He, again, has created these half-brain schemes. I'm really beginning to believe that Eric Adams is dumb. He's really stupid. In addition to all the things that he has had press conferences about, he's promised and he hasn't done, I really don't think the guy's all that bright. So he wanted to use the state national guard that's been sent into the area by Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb to hand out these flyers 
basically telling the illegal aliens not to come and to consider going to another city and freeloading off of them. So the state National Guard has said, no, we're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. In fact, um, the National Guard spokesperson said very bluntly, we are not doing that. Then he wanted Limigre, Immigration and Naturalization Service, the very people that he has reviled, ICE, to hand out flyers at the border to the illegals coming across the Mexican border into America. And they also said, tough snuggies, we're not handing out your flyers. You get your ass down to the border and you hand out the flyers. And this is what the flyers say, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world. If a citizen, a taxpayer, got this flyer, he'd say, Honey, this is the final, the straw that broke the finals back. This is the mayor's pamphlet. He admits that we got to leave. Why? Because in this pamphlet, it says, since April of 2022, more than 100,000 illegals have come to New York City. It says there is no guarantee that New York City will be able to provide shelter and services to the new illegals coming in. It says housing in New York City is very expensive. Yeah, we all know that. Uh, it says the cost of food, transportation, and other necessities in New York City is the highest in the United States. Yes, schmuck, putz, Eric Adams, we know that. And then finally, please consider another city as you make your decision about where to settle in the U.S. <laughs> another reason for all of us to leave New York City. Meantime, is he... Is he a real pisser, a schmendrick? Is he as stupid as I think this mayor is? All these people who are already here illegally, they have on their Facebook accounts, you know, how great it is. They're staying at three-star hotels. They're getting free food, free Obama phones, free health care. They're posting it on their page. They're direct messaging it back to family and friends in their country of origin. They're putting up a page for their family members. They're Instagramming it. When they see all these pictures in those third world countries, you think, Eric Adams, they don't want to come to Nueva York? What a schmuck. What a putz you really are. You really are stupid, Eric Adams.